Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hey, real quick, this episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Hello, hello, and welcome to the new Mindset Who Dis podcast. My name is Case Kenny at case.kenny on Instagram. And this is my weekly podcast where I create short, no BS episodes dedicated to helping you be the person you're meant to be, leave your comfort zone and live a fulfilling and purposeful life. Let's go. Welcome to episode 305. Hello, my friend. Welcome to a fresh new episode of New Mindset Who Does. Thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting me. And I've been mentioning it on Instagram a bit lately, but I am releasing two brand new, really exciting projects in the coming months. And I'm really excited to share what they are with you. Um, one of them you'll, you'll probably see coming, but the other, uh, you have no idea. And I've been working on the second for about 10, 11 months now. And I don't think you'll expect what it is. So I'm very excited to, <laughs> I'm going to tease it for the next month. Uh, and then I'm going to release it in late August, early September. It's not a book. It's not a journal. It's not like anything I've released in the past. But that's all I'll say for now. But as always, thank you for all the love. If you are looking for a way to support me, uh, thank you for one. That's amazing. Uh, and also, if you're looking for a way maybe to make the mindsets that I talk about on the show a reality in your life, you can go to newmindsethudis.com and check out the journals I have available for you there. But regardless, thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing, DMing, everything you do on a daily basis. It means a lot to me. And today, I've got a, a really solid episode for It's going to be a little bit longer, but I think you're going to get a lot out of it. I want to talk about dating as an empath. Dating as an empath. Now, uh, there's a couple things I want to get out of the way. I know the term term empath is thrown around a lot, um, probably too much, in fact. And um, in my oversimplified mind, all an empath is is someone who feels deeply. They feel what other people feel and they tend to internalize it. It's just someone who uh, has very active empathy. That's all it is. It's someone who is sensitive and they're in tune with other people's feelings, other people's energies. That's it. And uh, last night I did a poll on Instagram to kind of, I wanted to read the room before I did this episode. So, this was like 
14 hours ago at this point. And I simply did a poll that said, hey, do you identify as an empath? And I'm looking at it right now, the poll results, 88% of you say you do. And as of recording of this, that's uh, over 16,000 of you who said yes, 88% that you do identify as this type of person. So clearly this stuck a nerve, struck a nerve and lots of folks are like, yes, I identify this way. Um, but I also got a lot of other DMs. Um, so I recognize that this term can be polarizing. I got a lot of DMs from people saying that it's used too much, that a true empath doesn't call themselves that, that some people make everything about them. And that's not being an empath that some people take other people's problems and make it theirs. And that's not really being an empath that trauma can lead you to becoming an empath and so on and so on and so on. And um, I, I want to stay away from those specific scenarios because I'm sure there's some truth there. But regardless of whether you like the label or not, I do know that we all practice empathy in some way in our lives, some of us more than others. And I want to do this episode for those of us who feel a lot. <laughs> for those of us who feel a lot, for those of us who practice empathy as our default state of mind, um, and within the context of dating, how that might be challenging for you, for us. So, this episode is for you. This episode is for you if you sometimes feel that you're overly sensitive or overly emotional, if you try to always see the best in others, if you always want to see the best in others, if you find yourself wanting to help or save or heal other people if you find yourself internalizing other people's problems and emotions. That's empathy. And whether you identify as an empath or not, I think it's an amazing trait to be in touch with yourself. But of course, it can be challenging, specifically in dating. So I just wanted to take this episode to talk about how to practice this amazing trait you have, empathy, but to not allow it to drag you down in your life, in a relationship, to not allow it to trick you into seeing something, into seeing someone who's not there for you, to not allow it to create problems in your life that aren't yours to carry, and to not find yourself getting overly attached when you shouldn't. So, let's start. Again, all we're talking here is that you're a highly empathetic person. That's all we're talking about. Let's throw the labels out the window. And if, if you're listening to this podcast, there's a good chance that you probably are a highly empathetic person, um, or at least according to my Instagram poll, there's an 88% chance that you are. Of course, I recognize this is selection biased at its finest. You subscribe to a mindset podcast. You subscribe to me, a guy who talks about mindfulness and compassion and intention. These are all hallmark signs of being empathetic, but let's run through the checklist nonetheless. Ask yourself, do you consider yourself to be a sensitive person? Maybe you consider yourself to be more emotional than other people. If you have a friend who's hurting, who has an issue in their life, do you tend to feel their pain alongside of them? Maybe when your friends have an issue in their life, do they turn to you for advice? And do they do that because you, as a person, you're able to put yourself in their position and give them helpful perspective? What about in your past dating experience, in your relationships? Did you tend to get attached easily? Not in the sense that you got all like stage five clingy, but that you you felt deeply, you felt hard, that you know you saw the best in someone quickly because that's what you wanted to see. And in those instances where then your 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 partner had a problem or something like that, did you quickly <laughs> allow their problem to become your problem? 
Did you internalize their needs so much to the extent that maybe you started to neglect your own? And lastly, do you find yourself wanting to help people around you, wanting to heal people around you? And do you find yourself being hard on yourself when you're unable to do that? Right? You get it, right? That is what I'm describing here. You can call that being an empath or you can simply call it being an amazing human being who has a strong sense of empathy in their lives. And not only empathy, because everyone has empathy, everyone has the ability to practice empathy, but you are connected to it in a very visceral way, in a real way, in a way that you allow it to kind of dictate what you do in your life and who you gravitate towards. So, Hopefully, we're on the same page there. That is what I'm describing here by being an empath, by being someone who has empathy, who practices it, who it's their natural default state. So, what happens then when you're living and you're dating with empathy? Well, for one, let's let's call it what it is. There's lots of great things, of course. There's your ability to form what I would say are genuine connections with people. There's your ability to look past superficial items. There's your ability to be honest, to see the positive in someone. You're not overly cynical like a lot of people have become. Like those are great things. But uh, we don't need help with the great things, right? We're here to talk about the challenges of dating as someone uh, with a lot of empathy. So what are those? Uh, Well, I think there's quite a few. Um, So I'll mention them and then I'll give my two cents on what to do. So when you can easily internalize other people's feelings, when you live with empathy, what happens? Well, for starters, it becomes very easy to neglect your own feelings. I think that's pretty logical, right? When you're so focused on someone else, what their issues are, what healing they need, what challenges they're facing, you put your own needs on the back burner. And I think sometimes that's okay, of course, right? Sometimes the the compassionate, selfless, empathetic thing to do is to deprioritize yourself for a moment. But if you're not careful, it's very easy to lose yourself in that process. It's easy to lose your intention, your introspection, what you need, because you're so focused on them that, you know, you wake up a year later feeling drained, feeling the constant weight of what they need, of all the attention that they need and that they crave. And of course, that, that specifically is no way to live. It's important to be supportive, of course, but you can't lose yourself in the process. Otherwise, how can you truly help them? And how can you help yourself? So that's the first challenge with being an empath, being empathetic, is you can lose yourself. And then sometimes that can become a pattern. Like I talk a lot about the law of attraction on the podcast and how intention attracts intention and Sometimes in the case of dating with empathy, it can have a really interesting adverse effect in your life. If you're so easily able to internalize other people's issues and you have a desire to help and you're willing to deprioritize yourself, what I found happens is you attract people who want that, who need that. You attract people who, as the saying goes, who want to be saved right? You can call those people narcissists if, you, if you'd like. Those are people who want, who crave, who need everything to be about them. You know, they want to receive your love, your compassion, your attention, your help, your healing, but they don't really have any intention to give that back to you. They want to make it all about them. And of course, that's not what you deserve. You know, it's great to date someone who needs help and attention just like you do, But if you're not careful, 
as an amazing human being with empathy, you can start to attract those people. You can start to attract as a pattern people who have nothing to return or at least no intention to return anything to you. And that's not good, right? You deserve more than that. But it's tricky, right? Because as someone who deeply feels, you want to help them. You want to save them even. And and sometimes that means you keep giving and giving and giving time, energy, years even. And then, you know, something interesting can happen in, in a bad way. Like I always say on the podcast that I have no training in psychology, no formal training in therapy, anything like that. But I think that can lead to what's called relationship trauma bonding, trauma bonding, with where you internalize their pain, whatever issue it is that they go through and you bond through it. So much so to the extent that you forget yourself, you forget what you need, what you're looking for, and you do all that because they, as someone who wants it to be about them, they kind of reward and punish accordingly. They get you ensnared into something that's toxic and you become conditioned to stay, conditioned to continue to give your energy and time to them. So, like, this can be a real challenge. You know, narcissists are attracted to you through no fault of your own. And that process, again, you lose yourself. You can blame yourself even. Like you might want and you feel a need to break away, but that's quickly like squashed because you start to think that any inclination you have to refocus on you is selfish. That your feeling really doesn't matter because focusing on them, focusing on you rather, would mean that you're abandoning them. Hey, real quick, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. And, you know, if you're like me, you're always wishing for more time in life, right? Like, I wish I had more time. I wish I had more time to do blank. I wish, I wish, I wish. And as much as practically having a couple more hours in a day would be cool, a bit more time to do what we love instead of jobs and responsibilities, it begs the question, what would we do with that time? Not just wishful, I want more time, but for what? What would I do with that time? What really matters to me? What brings me joy? What enhances my life instead of just filling time and space with? Well, to answer that question, I think therapy can help. Therapy can help you find what matters so you can do more of it. And if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash New Mindset today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash New Mindset. Hey, real quick, this episode is sponsored by Hero Bread. And something I'm into lately, as simple as it sounds, is toast. A nice toasted piece of bread, so simple, maybe some butter, maybe some jam, but just toast. It's the best. But as someone who is making an effort to invest in my health and fitness and diet, the carb fear is real. And the result is I don't get to enjoy a nice piece of toast as often or as guilt-free as I'd like. So I'm definitely grateful for Hero Bread. Their bread options have zero to one grams of net carbs, zero grams sugar, and it's high in fiber. It's got the same soft, fluffy experience you love when enjoying a BLT or a burrito or a burger or toast. And they were kind enough to send me some loaves, and I can attest to it being the same experience I crave, but now guilt-free. They also sent me some tortillas, which are great. They have bread loaves, buns, biscuits, tortillas, anything to match your bread cravings. 
So don't give up on being a breadhead. Hero Bread is offering 10% off your order. Go to hero.co and use code newmindset at checkout. That's newmindset at h-e-r-o dot c-o. And so you quickly talk yourself out of it and then you're conditioned to stay. So it's really quite crazy if you think about it. And I can go on and on here, but it's a little tough, right? It's a little tough to keep talking about the downside because it is very real. The, the term narcissist, of course, is thrown around a lot. But in the case of someone who lives and dates and connects with other humans with empathy, this can be all too real for you. I, I see it so much. I do. Like amazing people like yourself, compassionate, intelligent, someone you know brimming with hope and wanting to give it away to other people, wanting to love, wanting to help someone else heal. You know, it can be tough. The, the world, though, needs more people like you, people who are selfless, people who know what they bring to the table and are eager to then give it away. But it pains me to see people get so lost in their empathetic process that they end up getting hurt. And I, of course, don't, I don't want you to get hurt. I want you to see, I want you to be balanced because I think that's the solution here. I don't want you to find yourself blaming yourself. I don't want you to burden yourself. And most important, in the context of dating, I don't want you to continually get blinded by your belief in potential. And that's a term that I talk a lot about on the podcast, if you listen, potential. That's belief and potential. Um, and I, it's, that should not be the only thing that keeps you in a relationship. I say that a lot. But when you're operating from a place of deep empathy, that's often exactly what keeps you going forward, what keeps you, what keeps you conditioned to stay. Belief in the potential of them, of you and them, of the future, of their healing. But of course, your relationship has to be built on more than that. It has to be built on a healthy balance. Balance, right? That's the key here. Like it has to be built on you, on your big, loving, giving heart, but it has to also be built on awareness and self-respect. The, the cliche is true. You could be a loving, empathetic person and still say no. What's the quote all over Instagram? You could be a person with a big heart and still say no. It's true. And I think we need to realize this, that you don't have to put up with a narcissist who wants everything to be about them and has no intention of ever making it about you. You deserve more than that. You deserve more than being with someone who only wants to be saved and who doesn't want to actually love. You don't have to put up with someone who does that, someone who struggles with commitment. You don't have to put up with someone who creates toxic, even abusive relationships because they've guilted you into making it all about them. You don't have to put up with someone who is hot and then cold, who plays emotional games with you, who tries to condition you in a certain way because they know who you are. They know that you operate from a default place of empathy. You don't have to put up with that. You don't. But again, like, I'm empathetic to that because when you're operating from a place that naturally, where you naturally want to help other people and, you know, see from their perspective and burden yourself with, with their emotions, it can be very easy to forget this. So what to do? What's the solution here? Well, I don't have an exact blueprint, but I do have a couple of mindsets that I think are healthy and compassionate for you because these mindsets represent balance that you can and should exist and live and love with your naturally given empathy. The world needs more of you. 
absolutely, the world needs you a lot more than it needs another narcissist. Yes. You know, the narcissist is simply someone who has the ability to practice empathy, but ignores it in favor of themselves. But these mindsets represent balance. It's your ability to feel and help, but, and then balance. So it's, it's the ability to be empathetic, but, and then insert mindset here. So the first obvious one here is that, yes, use your empathy, help other people, help other people heal, change, you know, understand them, but learn to know, learn to spot the difference between someone who wants to change and someone who does not. That's it. That's a big vibe. You know, you can be the kindest, most empathetic person in the world and really apply that to someone else. But if that person doesn't want to change and doesn't want to love you back, what's the point? Seriously, what's the point? It's going to become a cycle of giving and giving and giving. And that person has no plans to stop and finally give back. So what's the point? You can't fix someone who doesn't want to fix themselves. And with those people, You have to learn to draw a line and sometimes call it a day. Call it a day because you can't be responsible for their life. You can want to help them, yes, but you have to balance that. It's always going to be their responsibility to learn and grow and love. But their responsibility can't become yours. And the unfortunate reality of life is that some people aren't ready to own their shit. And they would just love to find a person like you and give all their baggage to you, permanently even. And you, as an empath, you need to learn to be able to spot these kinds of people. And I don't have like an exact checklist for doing that. I wish I did, but I feel that in my life, I've been fortunate just being like intuitive. Like it's just the way I've always been. Like I would think to myself, like I need more than this. Like I'm giving and giving and giving. I'm not receiving anything. I'm done. Um, and, and I get, I get that other people don't, you know, think that clearly. Um, I think a lot of times we overthink things, but I think I overthink significantly less than the average person. So I'll just give you a mantra that maybe is helpful. And it's, again, it's just that you can't fix someone who doesn't want to fix themselves. You ask yourself, do they believe in their ability to change? Do they actively show that they want to change and that they want to give to you? Or ask yourself, we've talked about this in other episodes, if you were to stop trying and doing and fighting for them, what would happen? Would they keep doing and trying and fighting? Are they fighting for themselves? Are they fighting for you? Ask yourself that. I think it could be really powerful. The question, if nothing were to change, if you were to stop burdening yourself with their responsibilities, what would happen? What would happen if you replaced your inclination to feel so deeply with just observing instead, what would change? If nothing would change, (laughs) I hate to say it, but you might be best served with taking your empathy elsewhere, taking it to someone who wants to change, who wants to own their shit, and most important, who wants to love back all the time, not just some of the time. So I find it helpful to remind yourself that just because you can feel what they're feeling, it doesn't make you responsible for it. And that, like, that can be a tough thing to say, even coming out of my mouth. That sounds, it sounds selfish, right? But again, you ask yourself, what does it say about you if you do that and you lose yourself in the process of dating someone? If you lose yourself, 
it would mean not only do you lose the, this amazing work of art that you are, that you've created, but it means that you also lose what you bring to the table. And when that happens, who does that serve? It certainly doesn't serve you. That's a given, but it also doesn't serve them, right? So what's the point? You can learn to observe and not burden yourself with those feelings. And I think it's really important to remember this early on in a relationship. You can learn to observe, observe, observe. When you observe as a default instead of internalizing, I think you'll quickly realize like who's for real and who's not. And if they're not, if they're not for you, if they're not real, it doesn't necessarily make them a bad person. It just means they're not at a point where they're ready to give. And I think defaulting to observing first instead of internalizing can be really powerful because it reminds you, you you can deeply care about someone. You can want the best for someone. You can genuinely want to help someone, but if they can't help themselves and if they can't love you back, you need to learn to not get drawn into the dependency that your empathy naturally craves. You just have to learn to tap into your power of just observing and seeing things for the way they are instead of defaulting to internalizing them so quickly. Observing instead of internalizing. Observing instead of internalizing. Doing this allows you to realize that someone might not have the capacity to fulfill you. That just because you are operating from a place of attachment to them, it doesn't mean that it needs to be forever. And in fact, writing my outline, I Googled that because I think there's something there about that word attachment. I Googled uh, empathy and attachment. And the first quote that pops up here says, attachment is not love. And now that I think about that and say that out loud, I think that's really the crux of what we need to realize. Attachment is not love. And I think we need to realize that if we're more inclined as a person, as someone built with empathy to default to attachment, that's okay. Again, that's your empathy at work. Don't ever lose that, but balance it. Balance your default to attachment with like a bullshit meter, a bullshit meter that just frankly kind of protects you. That's a bullshit meter that observes first and internalizes second. That's a bullshit meter that asks yourself, is this person actually here for me? Are they for real? Are they showing up for me? Are they being honest and genuine? Are they as attached as I am? Do they see in me what I see in them? Ask yourself those questions. And most of all, when you realize that attachment is not necessarily love, you can realize what is yours and what is theirs. What feelings are true to you and what feelings are theirs that have become yours? Understanding that is balance. That is you staying connected to your feelings while also practicing your empathy, which is connecting to theirs in a compassionate but non-attached way. That's balance. And I think you should want to continue to do that, right? To, to feel what they feel, to dig into their intention, to try to see from their perspective. Like, I think that that is a powerful connection, right? I think we all deserve a love that is reminiscent of that both ways, right? Two-way street. One where you both care so deeply about each other that you're willing to burden yourself with their needs. I think that's great. I think that's love. But it needs to be balanced, it needs to be balanced by never losing yourself, balanced by knowing what is yours and what is theirs and meeting in the middle to move forward. So that's it. I'll end it right there. I don't want to make this episode too long. I hope that was helpful. Uh, if it was, I'd love if you'd share this episode with a friend, maybe send it to a friend who you love very much, who might be struggling with this concept. And that's it. 
As always, thank you for visiting newmindsethudis.com, picking up a journal or two. I think journaling can be a very powerful tool to examine your empathy and your attachment. But that's it. Thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting me. And until next episode, I'm out. me or is it getting really hard to figure out the best way to save for retirement fidelity can help you find clarity so you can save the best way for you with a free personalized plan goal tracking and timely insights you'll be set to take on retirement your way get started at fidelity.com future expenses charged by your investments and other costs and fees associated with trading or transacting in your account apply fidelity brokerage services member nyse sipc Hop, hop, hooray. Nordstrom Rack's got sweet deals on everything Easter, which is Sunday, March 31st. Get to Nordstrom Rack now and save on Kate Spade, New York, Two-Faced, Steve Madden, Calvin Klein, and more from just $30. Score great brands and great prices on Easter looks for everyone, plus spring decor, gifts, and all kinds of deliciousness. Rack up the deals today at your Nordstrom Rack store. What will you find?